So how about them Cardinals, huh? Yeah. Right? Awesome, man. They got it done in a different kind of way, but they definitely got it done. We'll take it, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I was thinking this morning about the Cardinals. You know, they're just such a really well-rounded team. You know, they've got great hitting. They've got great pitching. They're usually good at defense. This hasn't necessarily been the best series so far. But typically, they've got great defense. They're just a really well-rounded team. And there's kind of a premise that you would hear uh, maybe in business or any organization, even individuals like motivational people would sometimes tell you this premise that's kind of like, hey, you need to figure out like the one thing that you're really good at and then put all your effort into that. And whether that's an organization or a person or whatever, um, and that by applying all of your effort to that one thing that you seem to be really gifted at or passionate about, then you're going to see, you know, the furthest progress, the, f- the greatest results. And I actually, to a very large extent, I do agree with that theory and that premise. You know, I think that you do need to focus on your strengths and you do need to, to work hard on the things that you know you're good at. And even more specifically, that God is really calling you to and wanting to use you for. But at the same time, I've seen this concept in cases be really taken uh, to an extreme, almost like to a fault, where people or even organizations can begin to really ignore or just sort of not even pay attention to the, the development of certain things or in other places that really they would need to to be more of what you would consider like complete or whole or well-rounded so that they can be versatile and they can appeal to more types of people than just that one particular area or strength might allow them to do. It doesn't mean that they don't focus on their strengths. Certainly, if you look at the proportion of invested time, you'd say that most places are investing more time into some kind of a mission or some kind of a gift or calling. But it it means that we're not to just fully devote, uh, we wouldn't fully devote everything to that one area and then ignore other things that we could be doing to develop ourselves. And so what I want to just submit to you today as I get into this message And I want to challenge you to just consider what I'm submitting. And as I go through and build my case for this in Scripture, to really examine it for yourself and allow God to speak to you about it. And that is what I'm submitting, is that God wants us to be well-rounded people for the work that he has for us to do. Amen? Let's pray as we get into the Word. Father, I just ask you today uh, that... As your servant, Lord, that you would just use me and speak through me to bring forth the truth that you would have for us to know today. I believe that the message that you've laid on my heart and that you've presented for us is a timely word that we need to hear, God, and that you want to use to instruct us and guide us. And so I ask by your Holy Spirit that you would just come and do the work of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the title of my message today I'm calling is uh, The Complete Man. The complete man or woman, whichever you, whichever applies to you. But let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3 to get started here. Verses 16 and 17. I'll read. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine 
for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So in this scripture, there's this uh, sense, this thoroughly equipped, the man of God being complete, there is definitely this sense of uh, wholeness. In fact, if you even look at the meaning of that word complete in the Greek, like the full meaning of it is to be complete, to be whole, uh, you know, like well-rounded in a sense where there's multiple aspects to it. And uh, so to be thoroughly equipped, you know, God has given us uh, a, a calling. He's given each of us a plan, a purpose in our life. But he also has positioned it in such a way that he has to be the one to equip us to be able to carry it out. That there isn't the ability or the strength in us to be able to walk that thing out on our own uh, and in our own strength as we move forward. And so in the idea of being thoroughly equipped, I, I really love that way of describing it. Because what it gives me a picture of is it gives me a picture of a man or a woman that is very understanding to the fact that their mission in life, their, their purpose in life, is one that will uh, challenge them to be in a lot of different places and, and be involved with a lot of different people and in different seasons as they move along, and that they understand that there isn't just one key or one strength or one particular skill set that God is going to move in through them, and then everything else is just kind of like off limits, that that's not really where they're going to be able to be used. And so in the, in the meaning of, of that phrase, being thoroughly equipped, this is very interesting. It actually means to be properly fitted, to be properly fitted. And so I get this picture of of God like fitting us and equipping us and doing this detailed work on the inside of us in such a way that there's multiple things that are happening and developing in us as we're allowing God to, to basically have his way with us, as we're reading his word and we're allowing him to deposit things and bring forth revelation and truths to us, as we're in prayer, as we're seeking him, as we're playing our role in the body of Christ and allowing fellow brothers and sisters to sharpen us and strengthen us, all of which we understand are part of how we're to pursue God and his will for us, right? As that is going on, as we're busy about the work of doing those things, that there is an intricate sense of fitting and equipping and developing that is happening by the, by the Holy Spirit supernaturally on the inside of us in ways that we can't even fully grasp, we can't even comprehend. And so I get this picture of almost like a tailor, right? Now, I, I've never, I actually would really like to do this one time just to see how how the process is. I've never had a, an actual tailor measure me and fit me for a suit, you know. But I know that whenever they do that, it's a very detailed process. And they measure all the different aspects of like your arm length, your leg, you know, all the different things that they do. And when the tailor does the measurements 
He's doing it in such a way that he, he sort of has a picture in his mind of what he's doing and what the end result that he's trying to accomplish and get to is. And so he does the, the, the measuring and then he does the cutting, he does the stitching, he does all of the things and the preparations and the fitting necessary to put that suit on the man. But the man is the one that wears it, right? The man is the one that carries it. And so as God is fitting us and he is equipping us and he is empowering us in multiple multifaceted ways as we're allowing him to do the things he wants to do in us he's fitting us for the things ahead that he already sees and knows so that we can be properly fitted or ready to be able to walk in or wear or carry the things in the moments and those times and seasons that God already understands that we'll be stepping into. It's just like when the man is being fitted by the tailor, he realizes that the tailor is doing a specific work. He realizes that he's got a plan. He doesn't question like, hey, I don't think you need to measure that inseam. He, does, he, he trusts that the tailor knows what he's doing, and that he realizes that when the time comes, he's going to put a suit on that's going to fit him perfectly and that he is going to be able to wear, and it's custom fit just for him. And he's going to be able to move in it. He's going to be able to do all the things he needs to do because there's no hang-ups. There's no loose ends that weren't taken care of. The tailor has precisely customized the fit just for him. Amen. And so when God is doing his work in us and he's equipping us and fitting us, many times, I know this is true for myself. I can only suppose it's true for all of you as well. Many times we don't understand even more than probably a small portion of the things that are really happening in the moment that are preparing us for the things that are to come. The fitting process that's going on is not one that is fully comprehensible or understandable in the moments that it's happening, but becomes more clear and more evident to us the things that God has been doing when we step into the place where we begin to put on the things and carry them and wear them and use them that God has been equipping us for along the way. I mean, I think that most people could really relate to this. There's a lot of times we question, why is this happening? Or why am I going through this? Right? I mean, sometimes there's great things and you're excited to be in the flow of God. There's other times where you're in the flow of God, but it's not fun. There's, there's cutting, there's trimming, there's measuring that we don't really realize what's happening. But there needs to be, if we, as we grab hold of the truths of Scripture, an element of faith that rises up in us that realizes I'm following God and I'm seeking His will for me. I'm committed to His plans. And so I have a faith and a trust that what's going on now may not really be fully uh, clear to me how I'm going to wear it or use it, but I know when the time comes that I will be fitted and ready for the work that God has prepared for me. Amen. The man of God may be may complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, we're created for good works, right? God created us for that. That's a big part of our purpose. It says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand, knowing that we would walk in them. So if he prepared us for good works ahead of our creation, knowing we were to walk in them, then he also 
has a provision to fit us for those things. And those things are not able to be walked out or or measured out or uh, equipped and fitted for in our own strength, in our own wisdom, in our own knowledge and understanding. We don't have the procedures We don't have the knowledge to take ourselves through a tailoring process. That's why we have a divine tailor, right? That's why we have a God who is fitting us and and preparing us for things that he understands we need, that we're going to walk in things we we haven't stepped into yet, and we have a faith and a trust in him while that's going on. Amen? He intends to prepare us and instruct us to be ready for every good work, every good work that he has for us to do. And in the, and this is the key part, the appointed season of that good work coming to pass. And so when we're not in the season for that good work coming to pass and we're in the preparation process, sometimes it requires more faith than understanding to be able to stay the course and walk through the preparation season to get to the appointed season when those things that have been getting worked out in us and measured and trimmed and fitted begin uh, to come to that point where we can wear them and put them on and carry them. It's a custom job. You know, whenever we're allowing the word and, and God to just shape us and fit us and, and do those things in us to get us ready and fitted for the plans that lie ahead, there's always a sense of cutting away of the things of the world that are in us, while there's also a sense of impartation and deposits of the things of the heavenlies and of God that he wants to instill in us and impart to us so that we're prepared for the work ahead. So there's, it's kind of like the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the word of God is powerful and alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, right? That it may uh, cut to the, to the, uh, between the soul and the spirit, division of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. So there's always a cutting and a trimming that's going on when God is doing the things he's doing and fitting us and equipping us, but there's also an impartation and a deposit that's happening on the inside of us as well. And so what we have to really try to grasp hold of is this idea that God is doing a lot of things in us. He's not preparing us for just one path or just one, I shouldn't say it that way, He's not preparing us for just like one skill set or one dimension of or compartment that he wants to use in us, use us for. He's giving us a variety of ways and abilities to be able to walk out this life and appeal to the world that God has put around us that are a bunch of varieties of people and a variety of situations that when we find ourselves in different places, we can pull from different things. We can rely on different things to rise up in us that God has been doing in us to be used for the moment in hand. And all of those things that are happening, the different experiences, the different lessons, the different places that you found yourself in and you think, why am I here? This doesn't fit. This doesn't match what I believe God has gifted me to do. Or why is it? Why am I in this job? I'm not I'm so I've got so many other gifts. I'm not even using them. Why are all these things happening that just don't seem to line up? 
Well, I would, I would say that all of those things, all the different dimensions of those things are happening in such a way that they will supernaturally complement one another. They will supernaturally fit the wearer of those clothes, right? And so I, I have actually just a video clip that I want to play from a movie. And this little line has just been is like stuck with me ever since I first watched this movie. It's called We Were Soldiers. You've probably seen it. And it, it drives home the point that I'm trying to make, which is that we're not just prepared for one thing or we're not just walking in one skill set or one gifting, that God is using us in multiple ways. And if we allow him to do that, that those things are fitted and fashioned together in such a way that they complement one another and they make us better at all of those other things together as a whole. Let's just watch this clip for just a second. Colonel, at his age, I heard one of my new lieutenants just became a father, gave me say congratulations. Thank you, sir. So, uh, I didn't want disturb you. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's all right, please. Well, how's your wife? Oh, she's okay. She's okay. She's sleeping. So is my daughter. I just wanted to be here for a while before I held her. Well, it's... Tanger already? What's that say? Oh, Camille. Yeah, I'm sorry about no, this, No, don't sir. you take that off. You leave that on where it is. That's an order. Colonel, may I ask you a question? Sure. What do you think about being a soldier and a father? I hope that being good at the one makes me better at the other. And that's it. But that's powerful, isn't it? I hope that being good at one makes me better at the other. And so I see the work that God is doing in us and the things that he is preparing for us and fitting us when we're walking through those different times and those different seasons and those different things that we've got to grasp hold of in faith this understanding that God knows what he's doing and that he's fitting things together in such a way that we're going to be more useful, we're going to be stronger and more fully equipped for the good works that he has for us to do. Let's move to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Exercise yourself toward godliness. You know, again, there's this understanding and this idea that we are uh, uh, moving forward in such a way that we're being fitted and that we're being uh, fashioned to be able to do the works that God has for us. And this idea of godliness is, is the process that's being worked out in us. We're being transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ. We're being uh, made more and more to walk in this idea of godliness that the Bible is talking about. And the thing about that is, is that we can't physically in our own strength, again, exercise ourselves towards godliness. It takes a supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and coach us and prepare us in such a way. And so the word of God and, and, and approaching God in prayer and allowing our place in the body of Christ to, to, to speak to us and sharpen us, all of these things 
are, are things that are happening that God is using to do the fitting on us that he wants to do. And so we have to approach those things in our life almost like the training manual for life, right? Exercising towards godliness. I draw a parallel here to just like physical exercise. And there's a, there's a training manual. There's a process. There's, it's not like we're just randomly going in and doing a bunch of exercises that don't get us to an end result. There's something that's happening that's putting us on a divine course to where everything is fitting together and coming together in such a way that we are complete and ready for the things that are to come. And so if we approach the, the word as the life training manual, then we, we have to view the Holy Spirit as our personal trainer, right? He's the one that's going to take us through that, that's going to get us through there, that's going to equip us. And that, there's just no way we can take ourselves in there and do the exercises and get to the result we need to get to on our own. We've got to have the personal trainer of the Holy Spirit imparting to us, shaping us, equipping us, and fitting us so that we can wear, we can walk in, we can do the tasks at hand when the times come in their appointed season. Exercise ourselves toward godliness. We're always aimed at him and his will in what's going on. It's always for him. It's always for his glory. It's always for the kingdom purposes to be advanced. There's never some selfish pursuit or personal ambition that's somehow mixed in with what's going on. If so, it becomes tainted. It becomes compromised. And it's not a, a pure, genuine, true flow of what God is doing. It's almost like we want to do a few of the trimming and a few of the cutting ourselves. But we want to let him do some of it, too. When it gets difficult or hard, we let him, we want to do the work ourselves. Whenever it's fun and easy and it's flowing right, we're happy to let him do it. But the problem is, is that the end result when you put that thing on is it's all messed up. And it's not ready, it's not prepared, it's not fitting you properly for the work in hand. We're aimed towards him in all things that we do. See, when you're working out and you're exercising, there are so much, again, so many things happening beneath the surface. When you're doing, let's say, your chest, you know that you're working your chest muscles, but really there's all of these uh, fiber muscles and little uh, muscles that attach to your back muscles and everything that in, in such a way is happening beneath the surface. So again, there's so many things when we're exercising ourselves towards godliness, God's working on us, that are happening beneath the surface. We maybe see some of the big things, the more evident things, right, to our eyes, but there's so much more happening beneath the surface and an intricacy in the, the details and the intricate parts of that that we can't even see. We can't even really realize. But we do know that we get sore afterwards. We can feel the results of it, right? So we know that when God is, is, is doing the things that he's doing, we can sense that and we are to embrace it. And even though it may be sore or it may be challenging at times, there's a purpose in it and the result that it's getting us to is one that's profitable for him, so therefore it's all worth it, right? And also when you're exercising, you don't, you can't just only work on one part of your body. Now, depending on different people, you might emphasize different things a little bit more, but you can't fully neglect or ignore all the different parts of your body, of your health. You can't work out and not eat right and get the results you want. You can't just do your upper body and never your lower body, or you, you, know, you change your proportions to a, to a point that you become a greater risk of injury 
or improper health. There's got to be a sense of diversity that's happened. You're training everything. You're pulling everything together in one time and moving it all along together so that you're complete, you're whole, and you're fully healthy. And God is the same way. He's doing a lot of different things in us. He's positioned us in a lot of different places in different seasons that may not always seem like the place we want to be. We want to be doing a different body part or we want to be doing something else, but we realize that we have to do it all to bring it all together to advance the whole man together at the same time, not just one part. It's kind of like saying somebody that's really, really good in business could become a great business leader, but could fail at home. And of what profit is that? To what does that avail for the kingdom of heaven? Nothing, right? So we realize that, yes, maybe that person is great in business, but there's also got to be a sense of, of a development of what God is doing on the inside of him as a husband, as a father, of all the different other things that he's called to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 22. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. To those under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those that are without law as without law. Not being without law towards God, key part, but under law towards Christ. And, and this is where the key element is. That I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I become weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. So Paul is talking about this sense of diversity, this sense of being well-rounded. He realizes that to, to walk in the suit that God is fashioning for him, that he's being fitted in such a way that he's got to be open and willing to, to adapt to the different settings and the different situations that are going to present themselves along the way, along this path that God is taking him on. He doesn't fully see everything ahead of time, but when he gets there, he realizes, I can become what I need to be, or I can allow God to, to develop in me what needs to happen so I can be the person he needs me to be in the situations that I need to be them in. And we can adjust when that time comes if that's our posture and our view towards what God is doing in us and we're not just on a one-track mind to seeing the things that he wants to use us for. God is not using you in a, in a compartmental fashion. There are not only certain little things that you're good at that that's when God uses you and then it gets turned off when you get into other places. God is shaping you in such a way that all those things are fitted together. And he says that I become all things to all men, but he says, but not in such a way that compromises the truth of what God is calling me to do. Right? There's a boundary. There's a, there's a line that he understands he won't cross. But if, if I'm not compromising the truth of Scripture and what God has told me to do, what I know to be truth, if I'm walking it out in such a way that I'm not compromising that, then I can adapt and I can be willing to allow different things to be done in me and be used in different ways and to be in different situations. So why? So that I might win more. So that I might do more good work. So that I might see God's kingdom advanced more effectively in this earth through my life and my obedience to him. It's not for personal gain. 
It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's all for his glory and for the kingdom of heaven to be advanced. But as it does that through each of us, there is a sense of well-roundedness and completion and fully equipped work that's happening to prepare us for those times that are coming that will, the situations and the peoples that we'll encounter in themselves will be diverse and will be very much a variety. So we need to be prepared that same way for those things that are to come. You know, even Timothy, this is interesting, uh, Timothy, Paul had him circumcised. But Paul didn't say, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul said, you know, was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not be uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Well, let him not become circumcised. So he made this clear point in Corinthians that, look, this has nothing to do with your relationship with God and your salvation. But in Acts chapter 16, he actually, as he was taking Timothy on the journeys with him, and they were going to minister to the Jewish people, and they were going to be in a lot of different places of Jewish culture, he understood that since Timothy wasn't circumcised because he had a father that was a Greek, that it would appeal or it would uh, avail them more if he would do that so that he could just be more equipped or more, uh, you know, fit into the situations that he was going to fit into so it wouldn't be a stumbling block for those that he would minister to, right? And so there's things that God is doing in us, and we got to understand the line. I mean, we've got to know, no, this is beyond what God has told me to be true. This is beyond what I would allow myself to do because I know that God wouldn't approve of it. But there are things that aren't necessarily uh, fun or convenient or comfortable for us that God wants to take us through that we can allow him to so that we may be more equipped for the situation at hand. When we look internally in ourselves to try to figure out how that makes sense, it doesn't make any sense because why would Timothy, why would he need to get circumcised if he's only looking at his own personal gain and benefit? It doesn't present any of that to him. But when he thinks about the benefit of others and the lost and those that God is wanting to use him to reach and he sees that it can advance that cause, then he becomes versatile and willing to receive that work that God wants to do and lead him into so that he can be more effective in the work that God is, is going to have him walk out. God shapes us in a variety of ways so that we can reach a variety of people. And there are a variety of good works that he wants to bring out of us, not just one-dimensional in his usefulness for us. And so I'll just kind of wrap up by saying that we have to go as his word leads us. We have to go as the Holy Spirit leads us. You know, just like every message, we're just kind of pouring a drink for you of the well of this thing that's underneath Right? And it's really up to us individually to pursue God's word and a relationship with him in our prayer time to really discover the fullness of, of what this thing is all about. I mean, there's probably three or four ways I could have come at this message today, and there's certainly a whole lot more that God has to say about it than I have to say about it. And so it's important that we pursue him and his word and his truth so that he can be doing the equipping and the fitting and everything that he needs to do on the inside of us. And it's him that's leading the way. But it's important that we realize that the world out there, and it's not always in a malicious way, sometimes it can be in a very innocent way, but nonetheless, the world will fight to persuade you to adapt to their 
way of doing things or their style of being so that it fits them. And that's where this thing gets very dangerous for us and puts us in a slippery slope. We have to know the difference between us allowing the diversity of things to happen and being used and fitted in different ways and fashioned in different ways that's coming from the leading of the Holy Spirit and from the God that is fashioning us for the works and not that it's being persuaded by those in this world or by emotions or by feelings or by anything else besides God himself because when that starts to be the leading it begins to put us on a a track that slips us off course of what God's wanting to do and certainly isn't preparing us for the good works at hand uh, in a lot of ways taking us off course of those things coming to pass we have to know the difference in that and there's this funny story doing things because God's leading you and the Holy Spirit's leading you to adjust to be versatile versus the world, let's say, trying to do this. And this is just kind of a funny story, but I think you get the point across. Okay, I like to do, you know, I, I do things like I go fishing with my brother and with Steven, and we'll go fishing a lot of times, and I'll come back, and, and Katie will be like, so what did you guys talk about? And I'll be like, fishing? I mean, we we're trying to find the fish, catch the fish. We were talking about who was catching good fish. I, what do you mean? She's like, for eight hours? That's all you talked about? I'm like, Oh, yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know. And then she's like, oh, okay. And that, like, I like to go uh, play golf with my buddy Matt Stivers a few weeks ago. And she'll say, So, what would you guys talk about? You know, I'd be like, Our golf game. I mean, <laughs> you know, who was hitting good shots, how we needed to make some adjustments. Jo- Pastor Josh and I, we like to go to movies. Katie would be like, So, what'd you guys talk about? I'd be like, We watched the movie. I mean, we talked a little before and after. What'd you talk about? The movie, <laughs> you know? So it's like she's. Kind of, you guys need to have like deep talks, you know, you need to have like emotional times or whatever. So all that to lead up to this. You remember Phil King, the guy that was the worship leader that came for the Axis Conference? I mean, awesome guy, right? You got a great relationship with God. He loves to fish. So Pastor Josh and I take him fishing. We're out there. We're kind of going through the whole morning. Pretty much talked about fishing, you know, the whole time and just how we're going to catch him and everything. And uh, so toward the end of the day, I'm like, all right. I'm going to give this thing a shot. You know, okay. Phil King. I mean, if anybody's going to like, if this is going to work anywhere, it's going to be right now. I got Pastor Josh and I got Phil King. Let's see how this goes. So we're just, I'm trolling along and I'm like, you know, guys, it's pretty amazing when you think about just after this conference, like where we're going to be at like this time next year, you know, like as a, just individually, as a church, even in our nation, you know. And they both were just, they both just kind of looked at me like, And Phil's like, what, like, like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, just like from the words that were spoken or whatever and all that. And, and then Pastor Josh is just like looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and so Phil's like, man, you're getting deep, dude. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. I should have known better. This, is, this was Katie trying to influence me. I, God is not trying to tell me to be emotional and talk about my feelings. That was her. So, look. <laughs> I wish she wouldn't have walked out. I was going to tell her, it's public now, it's out, stop doing it, we're done, let's move on. But uh, look, you got to know the difference between what God is leading you through versus what the world is trying to persuade you to become in order to fit them and their convenience or their desires versus the desires God has for you in your life. Does that make sense, the point there? 
Amen. He wants us. So God, I mentioned this in the beginning. God wants us to be well-rounded. He wants us to be complete, whole, and ready for every good work that he's prepared for us to walk in. And he is the one that understands the equipment and the fittings and the measurements necessary for us. But he's got to take us through the process of doing the measuring and doing the fitting. And in those moments and in those times where we don't fully get where the end result is headed, we have to be strong in our faith, knowing that God always knows exactly what he's doing. And if we're in alignment with his will and we're following him and seeking him above all things and anything else, then we can be we can rest assured in faith that we're on the right track and the fittings and the workings and all the things that need to happen in us are happening precisely as they should. And we embrace that, we receive it, and we give God the glory for it, even in our moments where we lack understanding. Amen. Let's get to our let's come to our feet.